part of what I want to talk to you about today is as what are some the practical things that as we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit moving within us, what is this thing called the holy life? And by no means, I'm like Paul in Philippians 3, I have not perfected it yet, but I press on. So today I want to talk just real briefly, hopefully, um, we won't be here for hours because um, you could spend lots of time on this, but I want to I want to just jump in right to the scripture. I usually a storyteller, and so for you, for those of you that were wanting a story, I'm sorry. Uh, we're just going to jump in, um, but I do have some some things from my own life that I, I want, do want to share, and things that I've learned in this, and hopefully it'll be something that helpful. What does it mean to live a holy life? What does it mean to live a life with the fruit of the Spirit? Max has done a great job of talking about the different fruits and what they are, but I want to talk about. What are some practical things within our lives that we can practice on a daily basis to kind of live into the fullness of what that is? So we're in Colossians 3. For any youth out there, this is your verse for your mission trip. So Max was really excited about that. But chapter 3, verse 1, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also appear with him in glory. One of the things that I think is really important for us, and it's really hard to, to be reminded on a daily basis, especially in the mundane things of life, is to remember what we're about and who we are. And this is what Paul is setting up. Don't forget that you were raised with Christ. For those of us that say, have said yes to Jesus, that have said, yes, I want to follow you, we have said yes, and we have to be reminded. Sometimes it's so hard to remember, especially where that stressful situation comes into our life, right? You know what I'm talking about, the coworker, your family. I'm not going to say your wife or spouse. I love you, honey. Um, your kids. Those things, it's so easy to forget. We sometimes forget, let's just be real, this political climate right now, Right? It's so quick to forget who we are and what we're about. And Paul is reminding us right here, don't forget what Jesus did. Don't forget not only what he did in your life, but who we are supposed to be. That our minds are not to be on the earthly things, on things that we can get so caught up in, but things that, that are what he's about. And so I want to just take that and that he does this typical Pauline thing, right? If you've read Galatians and read the fruits of the spirit, he does this typical thing. He says, now, okay, now that we've been reminded, okay, reminded of who we are and what Jesus has done on the cross for us and the resurrection, that there's hope to come. Now, this is the hard part. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices. I think we can all agree that listing, we're like, yes, bad things, right? But then we start getting into some of the, the things that, like, 
we talk about sexual immorality and impurity and lust and evil desires and greed. We're like, yeah, bad, 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 bad. But he talks about anger and rage and malice and slander. And can I be honest with you? I don't like getting on Facebook. Woo, have mercy. The way I see brothers and sisters talking to one another. I think even though we have said yes to Jesus, there are times in our lives when we don't set our eyes on him and we allow those little things to come up and trip us up. And one of the things that, that I really appreciate what Paul said here, and I think this is probably the most important truth for us in this holy life. He says, do not lie to each other. And one of the things I was like, oh, yeah, well, don't tell lies. Yeah, Matt, your shirt is blue. That, don't tell lies, right? Eh, I know I'm off a little bit. So don't tell lies. But I think there's something deeper here. I think there's a deeper truth. And this is something that when I looked at the verse, it was like, do not lie to each other for that's part of your old self. And I was like, well, yeah, don't tell lies. But then I started thinking about my life and I started thinking about my struggles and the areas that, um, that, I, that I, I really um, struggled with as far as like this walk with purity of heart, purity of mind. And I was thinking about when I first started in the youth ministry and, and I had some really rough relationships in that. And out of that experience, a lot of you have heard my story, but it really set some bitterness and some anger in my life. And, and when I walked away from that experience, I, I walked away in a sense of failure. And, and, I rem, and for years, you can ask Rochelle, I struggled with bitterness and with anger and, and not with just with God, but with others. And it really just peppered my life and the reality was, is that I wasn't telling people about my struggles. Probably a lot of you saw it, be, let's be real. We, sometimes we can see things, see how things, people's lives are being affected. But the reality was I wasn't, I wasn't letting people in. And so I was struggling in the cycle of anger and bitterness and, and it led to other behaviors that, that, that were destructive in my life and patterns and I think this truth that what Paul's talking about, I don't think he's just talking about don't lie to one another. Like, don't tell lies. I think he's saying, be open, be vulnerable. Don't lie, be real about who you are and what, where you are and what you're doing. The thing I've learned about freedom in, in, in this walk with Jesus is that this faith, this thing that we're doing is not an individual faith. America's Christianity has lied to you. It's not just you and Jesus. Yeah, it is you and Jesus, but it's the body of Christ. It's us and Jesus. And the reality is, is that when sin entered the garden, think about it. What's the first thing that Adam and Eve did? First of all, they hid their shame. Shame reared its ugly head, and we heard Max talk about shame. And, uh, and the other thing is they lied to God. There wasn't a vulnerability, right? There wasn't this openness. And I think this is a big truth as we talk about the fruits of spirit and we talk about holy life is that we have to be real and we have to be open. We can't allow shame. We can't allow the past. We can't allow, we have to be real. And, and to be honest with you, some things that I've learned in my walk, and I told you it'd be real practical things, is I've learned that, that I, I had, I did counseling. I walked through some of those things in my life. I joined support groups with other men to talk through things in my life. P 
people here at this church, I've opened up about that, those things. Is that we need to shine the light on those areas in our life. Do not lie to each other. Be vulnerable, be open. As we, as we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, we want to see more, more fruit in our lives, more things, the things of God in our lives, is that we got to shine the light even in the dark places. Do not lie to each other. And this is probably one of the hardest parts, right? Because it means I've got to open up. I've got to be real. And it's funny, though, like when we're real about the hurts in our lives, when we're real about those things, when I was real about my struggles from walking out, it's funny how some of the anger and bitterness just started to slip away. And when I would feel it pipe up, I would say, why am I feeling this way? And really work through those things, looking at some of the things that were lies that I believed about myself and lies that I believed about others. And I think that is a truth, is that we remember what Christ has done, but we also have to remember that we're not alone. A lot of us think we're alone, and so that's why we're in this, I'm not going to share that. But I have, more times than not, I, I could tell you this, there's so many times I have students come into my office and, and talk with me about things, and there's like four of them that will share the same topic. <laughs> and they think, I'm alone, and you're like, Dude, you're not alone. And, and that's the lie that Satan wants us to believe. That's the lie that our, our own carnal nature wants to believe, that we are alone. So don't lie to each other. Be open. Because when we do that, because that's what we put on the new self, which is being renewed and knowledge in the image of its creator. In other words, one thing that I love to tell students, especially when they're dealing with identity, and something I love to tell myself, is that, you know what? What the father said to Jesus before the day, on the day he was baptized, he says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Do you know that Jesus did jack squat before then? He literally jumped in the water and the father speaks these words over him. This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. He hadn't performed a miracle. He hadn't preached a sermon. He didn't go to the cross. And he didn't rise. But those are the words the Father speaks. And I have to believe that those are the words that the Father speaks over us as well. That when he looks at each one of us, he sees a son and daughter. Not because of the things you've done, whether good or bad, but he sees someone that he's well pleased with. You are his, you are created. And so as we are renewed in the image of God, the reality is, is that the lies that we tell ourselves, right, the lies that we think others think about us or even others have spoken over us, you're not good enough, you're not worthy, you're a failure, you're a disappointment, those lies have nothing, no power when we can remind ourselves of truly who we are. And I think it's why Paul says that at the beginning, don't forget Hey, don't forget what Jesus has done. Don't put your mind on these things. It's so easy to get caught up in our own head games and our own things. So we believe those lies. So the first thing is, don't believe the hype. Don't believe the lies. Don't lie to each other. Be vulnerable. Be open. Be the body of Christ. 
That's where we find freedom. That's where we start to see the freedom work, the fruits of the Spirit starting to come out in our lives. And here's some other things that I think are really important, very practical. The other thing is, here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Americans love labels. Oh man, we love labels. We label everything, right? Left, progressives, all that kind of stuff. We love them. And whether there might be truth to that, the reality is, is that I know there are Republicans in this room. I know there are Democrats in this room. We've got varying views politically. We've got varying views on how to raise children. We've got all these different things. But here's the thing. Jesus is king. And I have, I have something to tell everyone. All that is under him. All that is under him. Trust me. Oh, man. Facebook. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, so many times I've typed something and deleted. I was like, come on, Jesus. We need you. There is no Greek. Christ is all and in all. And the sooner we get that, we start to realize that we are not at odds with one another, that we are one with each other. And the reality is, is that we start to see kingdom work start to happen then. We can start to see solutions to love our neighbor. Start to see solutions to be the church. And that's one thing I love about generations is that we really don't have that. But I think it's something that we need to be reminded. Don't buy into the hype of the labels. Remember truly who we are and, who, and what we're about. It's Jesus. And then these are some, here are some great practical things. We're going to land this plane. You're going to be like, man, this thing is this is going quick. You're welcome. Because I think it's, you're welcome. Because I wanted to give practical things today that are true and and they will maybe punch you in the gut a little bit as well as encourage you and love you as well. Here's the practical things. Number one is don't forget the lie. Number two, here, here's the next one. Or number three, actually, because there's Christ is all in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive what other grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. One of the things that I want to let you know about the fruits of the Spirit, these gifts, right? Daniel, they're not for you. Do you understand that? The fruit that you produce is not for you. The tree does not eat its own fruit. Am I right? The tree produces fruit for others. And the reality is, is that the things that, that are happening within us, the fruits they produce, the patience, the love, the forgiveness, the gentleness, kindness, all these things are not so we look good. Man, look at James. He's so gentle and patient and kind. And don't forget handsome. Um, it's not for us. You know what it's for? It is for the purpose to reach the people out in Nicholsville the purpose to reach people in your work, in your family. The purpose is those, that fruit is to show people that life can be different. That Jesus in us, his spirit in us, can, can bring change. It's, it's to produce more fruit in the kingdom. It's to bring people closer to who he is. The fruit's not for us. I'm like, ooh, I produced humility today. Oh, that's still, oh, that's good, you know? That's almost like fruit cannibalism. I don't know, uh, you know? 
So the reality is, is that the fruit is not for us. And I think that's one of the things why he follows up with forgive one another. Or again, don't lie to another vulnerability is that part of being the fruits of the spirit is about relationships. That who we are and what we're about, it's not an individual, that we are a community. We are the body of Christ. And so the fruit of the spirit, how it works, is not for our own gain, but truly it's for the gain of others. So that they may see Jesus. They may see life that's different. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. You know, we hear Max talk about going on a kayak. Like, like as an elder, right? You're like, get on that kayak. Get out to that lake. Go, right? We, you know, for those of us that know Max, we're like, have you been on your kayak, right? Are you, have you been outside? We know that he needs it. He starts getting jittery. And I think... When we say let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, we talk, Max has talked about how we connect with God. What are the ways that maybe that you connect with God? Is it, is it through reading a book? Is it through conversation um, um, with one another? Is it listening? For me, it's listening to, to worship music and just folks that are playing music. What is it? What are those things? Is it getting on a hike? Is it going into a dark room, locking the door, saying, serenity now. Um, I don't know what it is, but what is it that you know that when you, when just for that brief moment, you find peace, that you know at that moment, you're connected with God. You're, you're, you may not audibly hear his voice, but you know in, in a sense that he's there and there's peace. I think it's very important for us as we're talking about the fruits of the spirit is that we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. In other words, that we're taking time whether daily or weekly or in some form or fashion, that we are taking the time to find that peaceful place, that we're practicing peace in our lives. And the other thing that I think is also helpful, he finished that verse, and be thankful. You're going to see a theme here over these next three verses about gratitude and thankfulness. Can I just say, when I wanted, for, for the anger and bitterness, right, I had this, this idea that, that I was owed, like, God, I'm going to step into um, a, a ministry position after I graduate from seminary. I had a rough experience, but, man, I still, I'm just going to step into it. I'm owed this in a sense. It's got to get better, right? And so I, I, I almost, in a sense, was just saying, God, I deserve this. I need this. And it was almost in a sense I was taking that calling and saying it's mine. And it's funny, three, four, five years ago, when I started to really think about this, this, these areas in my life, shining the light in these areas in my life through counseling and through groups and things like that, that I started to realize that that calling, it's not mine. That no matter who or where I am, and what I do, even working at UK, enrollment management and admissions, that that's a gift and I'm thankful. And it's funny when you have this, this posture of gratitude, this posture of thankfulness. Oh yeah, and there's tough times, don't get me wrong. I, well, I'm just so thankful for, you know, this, 
this really rough time in my life, God. I'm thankful for that coworker who keeps bugging me. Um, but, but there's a sense, though, that when we practice gratitude, of how it changes our perspective on things. And maybe we just start praying for that situation or that person. Um, gratitude changes everything. And when I let go of that calling, I stepped into a different calling at UK, doing enrollment management, left the seminary, and, and, and I just said, okay, God, that calling, that vocational calling, I'm called to you and I'll follow you wherever I go. And it's amazing, a year and a half later, I get a phone call, you, some of you have heard this story, saying, hey, you wanna do college ministry at Asbury. I don't think it's coincidence that that happened. Um, I think that God, if we allow the peace of Christ and this gratitude that God can change your circumstances. Doesn't always mean it's going to be what you thought, because I didn't think it would be college ministry at WGM. I thought big church, lights and camera action and all that kind of jazz. And, um, and, but I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. And I think that's another key thing is being grateful, being thankful. And then the next thing is not only let the peace of Christ, so finding that area where you can center, whether on a kayak or Whatnot. I think the next thing is let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all the wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. One of the things as we talk about this holy life and fruits of the Spirit, um, it's amazing that when maybe lies that we think about ourselves or lies that maybe we're trying to keep hidden when they start to rear their heads. It's amazing how not only practicing the peace of Christ, but having the word of God in you, with you on a daily basis or several other days, or however it might work. There's a psalm that says in Psalm 119, I've hidden your word in my heart, God, so I might not sin against you. And there are times when I start to feel the lies about myself and things that I, I, I quote the verse, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased, speaking truth over myself. Or if a temptation comes my way and I'm anger, I, I will, I will throw, throw out another verse about, um, about that situation or things like that. It's amazing when we have the word of God in us, when we're dwelling in it and we will feed ourselves that, that it gives us new perspective. It helps us have the tools, the things that we need to practice this, this, this holiness, this fruit of the Spirit life. And I, and I love what he says, and sing songs with gratitude. Again, gratitude. He comes back to it. This is the second time in three verses that he mentioned something about being thankful and gratitude. I think there's something special about this thankfulness, this gratitude. It changes things. It changes perspective of how we view things, how we view people. And then he goes on to say this, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Again, giving thanks. And whatever you do in word and deed. In other words, this is everything that we do. This is everything. This is 
from working with the guys at the firehouse. Being a great lawyer. Thanks, by the way. We appreciate you. We love lawyers. So just want to throw that out there. You know, coaching people, helping them find their potential, being a, being a good student, finding things, uh, everything that we are, everything that we do, how I interact with my wife. And let me tell you, if there's a gauge to holiness, we all should turn to our spouses. Singles, if you're going to get married, you'll figure that out here pretty soon, right? So how's this holy life? Well, let me tell you. So, um, but the reality is, is that um, whatever we do in word and deed, do it in the name of Jesus. And I'm, I'm not claiming perfection on everything that I do. James Ballard is not there. But what I am saying is this, that as we press into Jesus, as we, as we are pressing into him, and we talk about this through the spirit and holy life, is that we're growing in him, that we're not forgetting who we are, right, in the earthly things, that we're being real, we're being honest about where we are. There's a vulnerability, and that's hard, and it, it means shining the light in those areas of our lives. It's remembering that, that, that we are not alone in this, that who we are is about the body of Christ. It's a reminder that we need to practice peace in our lives, finding the time. I know some of us are busy. Some of us have a lot going on, but finding that time, finding time to let the word of Christ dwell in us. I think you'll start to see those changes. And as we grow, not only in our faith here, but our faith together, that we will see that this, the more fruit in our lives, we'll see the holiness, this holy living starting to happen. And it's not something about perfection. I'm not saying that you need to be X, need to be here. What I'm saying is, is that we see where we are and we start to see that, oh, Jesus, these areas of my life, I'm growing in you. I'm I'm giving more to you. I'm seeing you for who you really are. Um, one of the, the, the beautiful things about Jesus is this, is that many of us think he's waiting for us to fail. The reality is, is that Jesus came for the broken. He didn't come for the perfect. Here's a, here's a beautiful thing. There are a lot of broken people right here in this place seeking a perfected, a perfected um, God who loves us more than anything. And that that is the beautiful thing about who Jesus is, is that is, he is not, he's not um, asking you to be here all of a sudden. Because guess what? Perfection glorification, all that, that's, we're not going to be here. That, that comes at a different time, but he's calling us to grow in that. And I think if we can practice those things, and if we can, we'll see the fruit grow in our lives, and we'll see people in Nicholsville come to know who Jesus is at your work, in your jobs, and your families.